well, I've got this backdrop, what can I do with it? Well, why don't we try and do a love story? I've been here before, you always get through it. Trust the process. Trust the process, that's a good line for sure. I'm not a character artist, I'm not a character animator. Why even bother? But the reason you bother is because you're using Unreal Engine and they're making it easier and easier. Had you asked me to make a short by myself, I would have been like, well, no. What you smoking? You're listening to The VFX Process, where we talk to the industry's most talented artists. We take a deep dive into a personal project of theirs and take a look at the work that went into them, as well as show an insight into the mind, workflow and career of each artist. The VFX Process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios. In today's episode, Jamie chats with Shane Spence about creating his Unreal Engine short cinematic, The View an emotional story of love, loss and closure. Shane is a freelance CG artist specialising in product design, but has recently started experimenting with Unreal Engine, not only to add another tool to his arsenal, but to create something more cinematic. We delve into the process behind the view, which began with Shane following an Unreal Engine tutorial, but ended up developing it into an emotional cinematic love story, all set against a mountain view backdrop. This episode is a unique window into filmmaking, perfecting realism, and learning Unreal Engine to create cinematics. So get comfortable. Let's get to it. Shane, how's it going? Happy Friday. Yeah, happy Friday to you too as well. How are you? I'm good, man. And I'm absolutely sweating 31 degrees in this room. So Jeez. if I pass out or I <laughs> stop responding at any point, that's the reason why. So just yeah. bear with us. Whereabouts are you based? Uh, we're based in uh, the West Midlands, so edge of Wolverhampton, bottom okay. of like South Staffordshire. What about yourself? Uh, down on the south coast, oh, so yeah. uh, like Worthing, if you know where that is. No, no. no. Kind of near Brighton. Brighton, I was going to say Brighton, Wayne. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah, Shane, let's let's go let's go for it. So it's just an introduction, your name, who you are, and a bit about your background would be great. Okay, well, I'm... Where Shane. it all began. Yeah, where it began, yeah, well... I'm uh, I'm Shane Spence. I'm a I'm a freelance CG artist. Kind of started in product visualization and slowly moving towards more cinematic environment design thing, things like that using Unreal. Um, I try to keep myself as a bit of a generalist, so I'm never really shutting off or trying to put myself in into a box really because I still really enjoy doing product viz as well as uh, as well as sort of the more cinematic kind of uh, film stuff that you would you would see in in unreal engine but yeah i, I actually started started as a industrial design student that's that's where i initially started um, my journey in in 3d uh, we we got our first taste of that with uh with keyshot if you've ever heard of that um yeah briefly i say briefly because when I was reading and looking into your work and stuff, I'd forgot about it. And oh, I just yeah. had another look. And I was like, oh, okay, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Um, but not much, not much. Um, but yeah, tell us, tell yeah. us about it. Well, it well, it's, it's kind of the industrial designer's uh, rendering weapon of choice. It's it's massive, as I would say, in, in most kind of industrial design studios, product design studios. I think mainly because of its ease of use. Like it, when you first kind of open it and you compare that to something like V-Ray or um like unreal engine you know just to you can drag and drop material straight out of the box and i think that was good for me as a student because it kind of it, it, it's kind of got me 
firing to be like, okay, well, I want to kind of learn a bit more about this. And it's that kind of low barrier of entry where I wasn't completely intimidated by all these boxes and settings and things like that, where I could, I could kind of just focus on getting, getting a pretty picture essentially of the, the products I was designing for, for projects at, at uni and, um, and then kind of enjoyed that so much that I started doing more and more of it in my, my sort of personal time on sort of posting on Instagram, things like that. And, um, an account render weekly. I don't know if you've come across that, which is mainly, uh, it's almost like weekly challenges for, you know, design and render a mug or something like that. And they've got a bit more, uh, a bit more adventurous with their briefs now. Um, but, but back, back then it was very sort of, um, very simple. It was like a low pressure environment that, that was kind of a nice way of giving you a, a quick brief that you could spend a day or something or even a couple hours in sometimes, but six months time, you're like, whoa, I'm actually kind of quite, quite good at this. And, uh, and sort of over that time I was able to build like a bit of a community on Instagram and things like that, which I think just kind of made me want to focus more and more on, on continuing to sort of create that content in, in my personal time so after work and after uni things like that and then eventually that led to people sort of reaching out to me on instagram asking oh would you be able to do some visuals for our products and one thing led to another and ended up landing like a full-time this job and that was kind of like okay well that and that's kind of where i've been well not not in that place but just in the this industry just didn't didn't look back to go back into into industrial design and sort of as i've reached a certain level with my product viz i started looking sort of outside of that where i wanted to learn new tools to kind of add more tools to my my tool belt where maybe a a client because originally i was was doing freelance and maybe they want something that's more like soft goods because i was using solidworks mainly so it was mainly uh, nerves and and cad um so for things you know like cloth simulations you, you can't do that so it's like okay what's this what's this blender thing everyone's talking about and then getting getting into blender and, and cycles we love we love blender we do love it yeah and I, I think every everyone does it's it's kind of it's one of those tools where it's hard not to i mean the fact that it's free as well you know that you can pick it up at, at any level of, of expertise and you can you can get to a pretty good level with anything these days you know just on on youtube um, which is which is how I learned everything, you know, was th- through YouTube. That's it. It's a great a great platform. You know, I mean, we still use it today. So even TikTok now, I think some people even like, if they need to learn something or know something or find something out, that's becoming like a search and go to. Yeah. So for, for sure, it's 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 a it's a great tool. Like I I for a, for a time over um sort of the COVID lockdown, as as with a lot of people, we had a lot more more spare time and. Uh, I spent a lot of that time just doing sort of personal projects, uh, sort of rendering, and I, I started making sort of more of my own tutorials and posting them on Instagram and YouTube and things like that. And it's it did it, it sort of seemed to be more of a trend. And I'm not sure if and it, it it seems to have come through COVID. I'm not sure if it was because of COVID and everyone being locked locked inside, but a lot more people were sharing their process and happy to to share secrets and you know not kind of gatekeeping them. I think there's kind of this, uh, you know, there was like this general understanding that okay, well, if someone learns how I how I use my lights, you know, when I when I render, that it doesn't necessarily mean their work's gonna overtake mine or something. I I, I feel like people were a lot more open to share 
tips and tricks and i think with things like tiktok and reels and things like that it's it's perfect for you know like a definitely 10 second kind of this is how you do this one little thing which you're constantly trying to google how to how to do definitely it's it's actually really easy definitely especially the uh ian hubert lazy tutorials (laughs) i think they're uh, you know quite quite prolific in uh, a very fast fast tutorial and that's what people want isn't it just that i mean a tutorial for like 40 minutes and it's just really slow and People just want to get get straight to the point. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in, in Blender for, Shane? Well, the, for the first time I actually touched Blender for like client work was probably it's probably during that um, that lockdown actually. So what was that now? Like two years ago, three yeah. years ago. Um, yeah. I mean, times a bit that that whole like two year period is just kind of like deleted like a void, from my memory. It? Yeah. Because yeah. every day kind of rolled into the next one. So yeah, since since sort of twenty twenty was when I added Blender kind of to my, my my tool set, and kind of since then I've I've kind of been running a pipeline of I, I've been using Fusion three sixty for any CAD stuff that I need to do, Blender for any sort of poly modeling, and then Cycles if I need that kind of to be rendered in in there, and then uh, Unreal Engine as well for a lot more of my like personal work, cinematic stuff. I, I did used to use uh, 3ds max and v-ray quite a bit and using like tie flow for like particle scenes oh, yeah. and things like that and that was mainly because of the previous job i had that was kind of the tools we were using there so it, it seemed like a good idea to instead of being using blender in my spare time i might as well use this tool that i'm going to be using every day at work but yes yeah, so, and, and also just having that uh, sort of ability to try and learn a bit about particle scenes and things which was quite a fun challenge Definitely. And I guess that's what, like you mentioned earlier, like still trying to remain still those general skill sets and not kind of put yourself into one field because you still want to experiment with like the particles and Unreal Engine and, and try yeah, this and, and learn it, that. Exactly. And I feel like that's kind of, if you look at, um, like look at my Instagram feed, it is almost like you can see it's like it, very heavily product centric at the start. And then I moved into kind of like simulations and little kind of, yeah, short kind of funny animations rather than trying to make things serious where that was literally i'd follow a few tie flow tutorials and then i'd go okay well what can i make that's kind of quick out of this and you know that it was basically to to serve that purpose of validating what i've learned in the tutorial it wasn't anything more than that nothing less wasn't trying to keep things too serious and uh you know just kind of post out for people to see and then slowly it's moving more towards like cinematic stuff where i've been focusing on unreal and and like with all things, it's probably going to go in a cycle and I'll probably pick up a new CAD tool soon and, and start doing more product viz. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? No, it, so when it's, whatever it was going to happen, it's working for you, Shane. I mean, you ended up getting a professional job out of posting um, your work on social media and that's just a really great sort of, you know, showcase of being able to, you know, use a platform and put out doing what you love and then it's crazy who actually sees yeah. your work and picks it up and drops you a message and things. That's the thing as well, not to be sort of disheartened when you are posting things because even if you are only getting, you know, 10 likes or something, you only need that one person to, to see it and maybe they'll they'll like your work and drop you a DM and then you never know where, where it, you know, can, can take you and it's, it sounds weird because there's kind of this idea of more in the industrial design community of uh, design for Instagram and how this has kind of take this, there's like this almost cohort of Instagram Pinterest designers where they go on Pinterest and type in industrial design like trends 
and then that is all they do there's no substance behind what they're designing and that is true i guess in a lot of cases for people who are industrial designers and are advertising this thing that they're posting as like a product that works but if you're doing it kind of how i was where i'm trying to learn the techniques of how to make a compelling product image so that when a client comes to me with a product that does actually work that i can replicate that in in those sorts of techniques and so i don't think there's uh there's really anything wrong with that you know if you're using it to to learn a tool or to like get your get your skills up then then i think just post whatever you want and then you never you never know what will come from it definitely definitely just keep on posting keep on doing yeah yeah so product fierce what made you get into that in the first place has it been a passion of yours since in like the school days or what what was really the start i think yeah it kind of came in sort of a school i did product design at a level even then i think i the main thing i enjoyed from that part of it was was making the designs that i that i created to kind of come alive with little animations or or renders and things like that and you know back in the day doing these terrible uh, i think it was in google sketchup you know which i guess is an arcvis tool so it's a bit strange to be using that for product design but i i designed um like some chair who's terrible now but like i remember like you do know that that's got a feature now on the uh on the episode we've no, got to see that old we've got to yeah. see that if you've got an old picture of that chair we'd love to see uh, yeah I, I i'm pretty sure i i dug up like the first renders i did and i did them yeah i, I modeled them in google sketchup and then actually so i actually lied about when i first picked up blender because i rendered them in blender so that was when i was what 16 i think 26 now so 10 years ago <laughs> oh yeah you're, um, a, you're a you're a blender veteran then Shane. yeah yeah back when back when the the ui was hideous a lot to, different. Look, to look at yeah. yeah but yeah so that was kind of always the part i enjoyed most i think that's what led me to kind of pick industrial design because it was more at least where i went i went to union bournemouth and their industrial design course was more focused on like the conceptual rather than like engineering and things like that so like so instead of where the product design course would do like engineering classes and things like that, we would do classes more on like psychology and like color theory and philosophy, which I enjoyed more. And then the focus, you know, for like grading was was more the visual side of things rather than, oh, can you make a mock-up of the your your product that you're, that you're designing and how well have you made the mock-up? It's more about how have you thought about the concept and where this can go and more how fit is this for the user and then with that was how well you could kind of sell that design through visuals so so that was kind of what yeah as i said sort of earlier where i got that first taste of sort of rendering and mainly in keyshot and uh and then from from then in in my final year that was when i started sort of the instagram sort of posting in, in my spare time and that was kind of what i kind of fell out of it when I finished uni, I like on the side, I've, I've got like a family business that I do with my dad and which is completely separate from design. We sell radiators. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, nothing to do with- my, my brother delivers radiators, really fancy, fancy radiators. Actually. Uh, yeah, well that that's actually what the- um, It's not what, Vogue, is it by any chance? <laughs> well, Vogue is one of the ones that we sell. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, so we're, we're a retailer. Um, but yeah, Vogue, they, they do like a lot of the bathroom tower rails. Yeah. It's all like custom it. stuff. Yeah. Wow. Small world. But yeah, but we um, like signed the lease for a shop right before 
the national lockdown. So it's oh, possibly, really? possibly the worst time oh, shit. to, you know, take, take out a lease. But what that did give me was my own office, which meant I could set up my computer there. And that kind of was where Shane Spence design, which is oh, like my, 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 my freelance sort of company kind of birthed out of that because we weren't that busy. And I did kind of say to him like, oh, well, I'll give it a year. You know, I, I want to try and support you through this and see how far we can kind of take this. We've just taken out, I think, a 10-year lease on the shop. So, oh, shit, really? Yeah. And obviously it, at that time, it was just me and him and one other person. So, yeah, for me to then be like, well, you know, I didn't go to uni for this. This isn't what I want to do. Uh, but, you know, it's that sort of thing where I um, I was able to to work alongside him, support him work with the customers and stuff but when there was downtime i was able to keep working on my own stuff making my tutorials making the stuff to, to post it's sort of it on my personal projects and like that the way i saw it was i was i was kind of i was helping him where it needed to be supporting business helping the business grow but i still wasn't letting my my sort of visualization skills go stale and still keeping up to date and adding to my skills by picking up blender and things like that so moving on from the visualization side of things and then you've started to lean in towards the cinematic side and i guess that's what we can talk about today Uh. for the main part is a small short film that you made called the view inside of unreal engine like you said earlier about sort of learning new skills and like obviously unreal engine you can't really avoid it being (laughs) in the creative space yeah talk about the reason to do it and then we can start to talk about your process of of how it's made it'll be great to know shane yeah sure so like i think i was getting to a point where i was still enjoying the product biz stuff but i'm do i was doing that professionally now nine to five five days a week and i i always like working on something off the clock anyway it's probably a bad thing but it's, it's yeah i feel like if i'm not doing something productive then i'm wasting my time and you know i get you man i feel the same and i feel and i feel a lot of a lot of people who work in creative jobs are are similar but, and i think that's because the majority of us are self-taught and you know we're kind of that's kind of how we get to where we are but yeah so it was that kind of continuing wanting to do creative work in my in my off time but not necessarily wanting to focus on product biz and that's why i picked up the um the tie flow to try and learn some more particle sims because like okay well that's that's kind of different and but i'd always wanted to kind of do something a bit more cinematic a bit more story driven i i think it's that sort of thing where i suppose any uh cg artist will say things like love death and robots is like a massive inspiration you know you watch one episode of that and you're you're sold you're like wow okay i don't want to do anything other than this how do i do this <laughs> no it's um, great did you see the um night of the mini was it night of the mini dead in the latest <laughs> yeah season? yeah it's like all in their kind of tilt shift kind of style uh yeah that was um that that was really cool yeah yeah so like see, seeing stuff like that and sort of other but you would just have that inspired you to actually do that or is it just that's something before unreal engine anyway and then you thought you know that came along i'm I'm gonna do it i think kind of yeah yes and no where it's like seeing that stuff is is hard not to be inspired i was gonna say it's hard not to. yeah but but it's not i wouldn't say that was like the sole thing where it's like right drop everything this is what i need to do because i've always kind of had it on the the back burner where i used to watch um 
what's his name? Uh, Punisher. Um, oh yeah, on, all the challenges. On... Yeah, so like when he used to do those challenges, I'd watch his his streams, and even though they were Cinema 4D and they were Octane, which was completely separate from me just doing CAD and Keyshot. I still had an appreciation. I'd sit there and I'd watch the whole thing. And like, because I think the thing is with CG in general, it doesn't really matter what tool you're using. Everything is kind of applicable across across any sort of tool. You know, if you know cycles, then it won't take you long to get up to speed in B-Ray, which then won't take you long to, you know, learn Corona or Redshift, you know, as long as you understand cameras, composition, lighting, color, it's it's universal. Do you think that, you know, with your like product viz and your industrial viz, mm-hmm. have you kind of just learned realism through 3D or have you got any experience with like photography and information technically on how to get? No, so I actually haven't <laughs> because I am like, I, I, I just I just went into it as like, I guess part of um part of these uni projects and then just enjoyed it and, and just kept, yeah, just kept doing that in my spare time. And I'm stingy as well. At the time, I, you know, I'm a poor student. I was using, I was using a student version of Keyshot, which wouldn't let you save your projects. So I would have to work and hope that it wouldn't crash. Wait for it to like render in the viewport and take a screenshot. And that was how I created my first renders that I put started oh, really? on my Instagram. <laughs> so, so if you were doing a uni project, you could get away with the excuse of I've only got a uni version of Keyshot, and I did all my work. It looked incredible. <laughs> And then he crashed. Yeah, well, unfortunately, they, they had they had legit. Well, they had professional oh, okay. licenses in gotcha. uni, but it was more when I when I'd gone home, I just had the right. The, the, I think it was the trial, actually, not the student version. So I'd never actually picked up anything like photography, which is it's kind of on my it's on my list now. I think as well as I've, I guess as I as I'm trying to grow and push myself even more as and and if I'm trying to push myself more towards like a filmic cinematic sort of approach then having an understanding of, sort Definitely, of yeah. I think will just it, it can't do me any harm I think the the thing that kind of helped with my train my eye I guess was in the early days I, I guess what kind of the thing was how or at least my thing was how realistic can I make this look and I had this borderline obsession of I'd see a, a material or something and I'd be like I wonder how I'd make that in Keyshot, and that kind of became the goal of these these after uni kind of sessions. Would be like, right, okay, so how do I make this towel that I found, and how do I make this specific ceramic material, and trying to do it mainly procedurally within Keyshot, you know, recycled plastics, things like this that you can't just find in the library and drag on. Um, it's a great way to learn if you've got that reference of how do I do it. That's a great exactly. way and, to do it. And even like, I guess, finding photos as well on, say, Pinterest or something like that and kind of using that and going like, right, how how closely can I match this? I guess you're then studying lighting and photography without actually realizing it because you're referencing a photo, which is nicely shot by a photographer. Yeah. So, so I think that, that helped to kind of That train. makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So instead of going out and taking the pictures and capturing the pictures myself, I mean, I do, I do generally think if I had started learning photography in that early stage, it would have made things a lot quicker to get to, I guess, where I am now. Yeah. You just naturally kind of immerse yourself and pick up things. Yeah. Because I, I think that's the thing as well, where I got to a stage in in Keyshot where I'd kind of felt like I'd, I'd watched every tutorial under the sun, I'd made some of my own. And it was kind of like, right, okay, how do I move this into something else? So instead of watching 
tool uh, tutorials on right this is how you create a hdri it's more tutorials on cinematography and how was this yeah. certain film that i like shot and you know direct sort of directors uh cuts and seeing how they they shoot some of their scenes and i think that has then given me a greater understanding of like sort of the the wider concepts around visualization and and yeah so as i was kind of saying with the 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 in the early days watching sort of ponish's um streams i i'd had that kind of interest in he was doing these these lovely sort of environment renders which were like moody they were dramatic they looked like something out of a film and it's not something that i had ever tried it's not something that i'd ever really seen anyone do in key shot because it is primarily for product design industrial design um so that was kind of like i don't know it was always kind of a, a want in the back of my head where i was like right well i could p- pick up blender and then that will kind of help me you know try and do these larger scenes because you know things like uh displacement scattering tools things like that weren't uh, weren't around in Keyshot at that time so it was like okay well realistically am i going to be able to even do a large scale environment and i don't i wouldn't even know where to start with characters yeah because because i guess it's a completely you know i mean not just products and sort of industrial stuff it's it's environment it's characters it's a uh, it's cinematics isn't it so yeah it's a completely different kettle of fish but i can see where you're trying to think you know what can i do there or what what am i going to do differently so uh, so with the view where did it all start did you did you write a story storyboard previs you know how did you start building the project no so this, this was one where it, it had a bit of a weird start which i guess a lot of my personal projects do because i'm not necessarily too strict with myself um at the start of these projects because they are personal projects it's I, I tend to not overthink them they're only for me they don't need to go anywhere if it's good enough and i like it enough i'll post it on youtube or my website or something if it's not then it can just stay on my hard drive and no harm done maybe maybe i've learned a thing a thing or two you know so it's not a complete waste of time but yeah so with this one it was more actually a lot of times before i go into a project it is to in service of picking up a tool or a technique or something like that so this one i'd actually bought Gaia I don't know if you've heard of yeah, that yeah uh, the world builder yeah um so I bought Gaia and um ultra dynamic sky plugin for uh, unreal engine during like black friday and I'd wanted to try them so I thought okay well we'll do something you know I'll just I'll, I'll mess about follow some tutorials for for these mountains and sit and see and then I'll chuck it into unreal put some light on it and call it a day and hopefully I'll have a nice render and I just watched the revenant as well which okay. obviously has so much nice like landscape kind of film in there and it's like so super inspired watching that even though my final piece didn't didn't end up in that realm at all but basically i then just jumped on pinterest kind of grabbed a few images of these kind of like fjords because i decided that was kind of the the vibe that i wanted to go for and then just jumped into unreal and started blocking things out and that was kind of as far as it was ever going to go it was just going to be let's just try and make these mountains in a similar similar to how i described earlier where i'd kind of found maybe a photo or a few photos that i'd like and right let's try and catch a similar sort of look a similar sort of vibe as them and then and then we'll kind of leave it there and i mean i can show you yeah please do behind the scenes yeah uh well yeah, it's more definitely i use um Miro, Miro. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like a sort of 
online collaborative tool. Oh, I've, I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I use this a lot for instead of like pure F I found, I find it a lot easier because you can add text, you can draw on things and, and things like that. So as you can see sort of my previous project kind of there. So do you use this for a bit of planning and this is kind of, um, where I've, I've sort of saved some of my, my block outs as I, as I go along. And so it started in Gaia kind of making this landscape here, which once I added that, well, actually first I started with the block out, as you can see, nice and high. <laughs> David, that's, well, that's what you got to do. It's yeah. just pre, you know, previous layout blocking, exactly. it all starts, it yeah. all starts there. UE4 mannequin as well. Trust Yeah. It. Um, so then I thought, okay, well, let's try and make, make some sort of environment. I knew I wanted a hero mountain and I thought, oh, okay, well, if I place like a, like this, this kind of walkway here or something, then, then maybe I'll catch that. And I kind of put that in and it, it was looking all right, but it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted this kind of strong kind of two mountains on the side and then a hero mountain in the middle. And so I was kind of experimenting more with, with different layouts and something like this as well which i thought was quite cool but the, the scale just didn't feel right as well um these were just way too flat for what for what i wanted to do and then so i went in and created some other mountains just by themselves uh, which were more the, these kind of like more suitable for like a fjord where i could like then place them strategically and then just continued sort of playing around in unreal this time with sort of some of the materials and this is actually just a placeholder because it's just one of these just scaled up because I knew I wanted to do a hero mountain, but um, I hadn't gotten around to it yet because I wanted to see how I could sort of scatter some of these trees. And once I started getting a look that I kind of liked where I kind of ditched the snow because I felt it just looked nicer without it and started making more of the more of these trees and then added sort of like a little hut in and then as you can see sort of sort of getting closer to to one of the looks added in yeah this the hero mountain and then really starting to focus on on more of the lighting now and then a bit of a sudden jump where i've kind of added in the bridge which i made in um and then every yeah i think this was actually the only thing at this at this point that i'd made and then I just chucked in two, I think they're like twin motions or posed, posed characters. And then I did a bit of work in sort of Photoshop with, with color grading. And as you can see, I've still got some of my notes where I've left the uh, sort of reminders of, okay, birds. Well, add some birds. You've got, to, you've got to have some birds flying into the shop. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, and then this was, this was, I guess, where it kind of got to where I was like, right, well, I'm happy with the, this environment. I can take those characters out or I can just leave one of them on there or find another one so it looks like they're having a conversation, render it out and call it a day. But I'd kind of thought, well, I want to try some, I, I, as I said, I, I'd got ultra dynamic sky as well. So I thought, oh, well, I want to try some other weather states as well. So I started working on, on some of those, which led me to like these ones. Did that become before the story that these experiments and then you sort of crafted it into like a short story with a narrative? Yeah, so that that's kind of how a lot of my my, my personal work would go like with the with the filmic stuff that I've done because like I guess the the very first one I did was I think it's called Kintsugi in the Potter's Barn where it's it's literally all I did was a tie flow uh, Kintsugi animation and I thought okay well let's make a render out of this and I wanted to try Unreal, and that was the first time I tried Unreal. Because it's quite, um, you know, emotive and like a nice, simple sort of storyline to it. 
and I was just wondering what came first. Yeah, it, it happens a lot when you're experimenting with sort of softwares and especially with Unreal Engine. Yeah. You know, you start to find something and then you kind of start, your brain starts ticking. You go, okay, I'm going to develop it. And it kind of naturally grows into, yeah. into something else, doesn't it? With this, it was got a nice environment. I've got a nice backdrop. Now let's craft a story around it. And because I'd not, because it, it, it was like, a, it, you know, it's a simple, it's a simple location really where it's like, okay, well, what so many stories can take place here. You know, uh, a rocket can come out of nowhere and crash into one of the mountains, and all of a sudden it's a sci-fi horror thing. And some, th- I was like, well, well, I've got this backdrop. What, what can I, what can I do with it? And I'd kind of, as I added these sort of people, sat down. I thought, well, why don't we try and do some sort of like a love story? And I can use the the same sort of static, well, not static in the end, the sort of backdrop that that and that changes whilst the characters change but it's all the same location and i'm thinking okay well this location if i'm going to show it the same time six or seven times then it's it's maybe this special special place for these two people and it's maybe it's where they first met and you kind of you go with the couple as they as they kind of grow together and then i went for kind of the twist where the, the the female passes away and the, the guy is just left by himself and that was more to that was when i was i was now fully in the story mode where now i'm I, gonna hit him with emotion yeah and it was kind of like that was when i was starting to actually make intentional decisions around okay well this does need to have a story so i just kind of stopped doing any unreal stuff for maybe like two weeks and then this was when I actually started writing and kind of storyboarding mainly just on like scraps of paper and on my phone so I'd, I'd written out like a short synopsis in my phone where it was like where it's like a lover's lake kind of thing and we meet this couple and we follow them through their relationship until something tragic happens and then one's left by himself because the, the original idea was actually to have the movements of the characters to be like mirrored with kind of the the post stage so sort of here where whoops where it's kind of he's by himself the idea was when the when these two are running down the deck it then does a quick cut to this dark environment and it's just him walking down by himself and then it's these two at the end shouting and there's a quick cut back into him by himself doing something similar and it was going to be like this mirror sort of AB sort of thing. And you're kind of like, what, what's happening? Why, why, why does it keep going back and forth? But I actually preferred, I, I thought it would be better to actually just save that for the end. And I could then actually add like a voiceover, which, which made it make sense. Once that decision had been made, it was more a decision of how am I going to end it? And I've kind of left it with, uh, sort of the, the, the guy sat with the Teddy, which he, which he gives as a gift uh in i think this one so that's for the eagle eagle-eyed viewers if they pick up on that and yeah so then that was kind of the that the original idea was actually to have him he was going to like send up a lantern sort of thing but i felt that that was maybe too like on the nose and i just thought it would just be a nicer kind of ending to have him sort of sat there reminiscing and it's like he just go. He keeps going back to this place, and that's kind of his um, his therapy, I guess. So yeah, and and that's kind of, I guess, with all personal projects, they start as something like you know, try trying to just make this nice environment, and then it just spirals and spirals, and then all of a sudden, I'm 
adding meta humans and mixed more animations. But yeah, meta humans. Did you just think I need to? Ex- was it another one of those like experimenting and can I incorporate it and why not bring it into this project? Yeah, it was. Um, I've done a bit with Gaia now. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with Ultra Dynamics Sky. What's next? Okay, well I've never. I, I guess characters has always been this kind of big bad, you know, sitting on sitting on my shoulders where it's like. I'm not a character artist. I'm not a character animator. So why even bother? But the reason you bother is because you're using Unreal Engine. And, you know, even with like the newest thing, you know, MetaHuman Animator with with the faces, like they're making it easier and easier for anyone, for a single person, you know, like me to to even, you know, had you asked me when I was doing, you know, those first couple posts on Instagram of like, yeah, a mug or a phone or something, that I was going to be, I'm going to be able to make a short with characters and dialogue, albeit a bit dodgy because I used an AI. But I mean, we can talk about that. But uh, <laughs> the um, yeah, the fact that I'm going to be able to do this by myself, I would have been like, well, no, what are you smoking? Because like I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Like I, I'm a product visualizer, but things like you, like UE5, especially you know, just, it's just making it so much more accessible for, for, for your average, um, sort of visualizer. Definitely. Um, Especially to tell, jump in and tell stories with these characters. It's really, well, yeah, really it's, powerful it's exactly stuff, isn't the, it? the fact that like, I've always, yeah, like I said, I, I'd always had that kind of want and that desire to do something more, more story-based and more cinematic, but I just didn't have the means to do it. But now I do. So it's like, oh, happy days. Uh, and it's just yeah, it's it's funny how I hadn't actually gone out into this one with a plan to tell the story, and then I thought, okay, well, now I've got the backdrop, then the story can come now. But it's um, but yeah, so I thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll try metahumans and just mix some of our animations. So, because I, I, as I said, I've never done any character animation myself. I thought let's not overcomplicate this. That's I want to still enjoy myself whilst I'm doing this, and I've already. Learned a bit of guy. I learned a bit of, you know, more unreal. Let's not push the boat and make this something that's going to take me two years. Like, at the end of the day, I I don't want to. I think with a lot of personal projects as well, there's like peaks and troughs in your interest, and you do something one day and you think it's this is the best thing you've ever done, and then three days later you hate it, and then you you know it's just going through it's going through that that um, that roller coaster. Yeah, um, it's because of those moments. You know, like you look back at your first chair that you did and you hate it, but at the time, this is great. Yeah. But you can't get to the next level without being at that stage. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it is like that ride, isn't it? When you go, you look back and go, what was I thinking? Yeah. But you need to do that to get to I the... I know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those, it's just one of those horrible cycles and it happens with every project Everything, that, I'm, yeah. that I'm doing. And it's just like, you've been here before, you always get through it, just trust the process. Um, Trust the process. <laughs> that is a good line for sure. Yeah, and you um, jumped into Unreal Engine, MetaHuman, and done some anamorphic by the looks of it. Yeah, so that was just because uh, I think in, I think it actually only just came in in five point two, where where they where they allowed you to kind of add that in. Um, so I thought, yeah, just the cinematic and and as cinematic as you can get. Yeah. I mean, this is probably where having a knowledge of cameras and stuff would benefit me because there's probably something that i've included here which is like oh well, you actually wouldn't be able to d- use that anamorphic lens if you were doing this and it's like yeah you're probably right but i suppose that's but that kind comes of- now doesn't it with you know you've you've jumped into the cinematics world and then you're naturally going to start picking that knowledge up even more so yeah and and like you say you'll look back at this probably in the future and go oh yeah what was i thinking there or well, that's <laughs> completely that wouldn't happen there yeah but like i say it, it's part of the process isn't it yeah 
and and that's the thing as well where it's like because you can now i guess fake these things with with cg where it's like okay maybe it's not 100 percent accurate to the real world but if it looks good then it's kind of like why does it need to be because i'm telling a story if the story is good and if the visuals are nice who cares if if that yeah. particular aspect ratio is what you would actually get out of that camera like yeah they shouldn't be questioning that should they if they've if if they if they're asking those questions as more than care about the story, then yeah, I guess you'll see that you've not done the job right. Yeah, the view isn't um, isn't necessarily stylized because it is kind of going for realism. But I suppose with the kind of recent rise in sort of stylized animation, you know, things like Spider Verse and even like the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, like it, it does seem to. It's almost like realism isn't the goal anymore. It's it's more like how can you show a style and the actual story so so maybe having uh you won't be nitpicking these, an- these animations as as much now because it's like oh, okay well the, the goal isn't now to be able to have that gotcha moment of ah this is actually an animation it's like do you actually care if it's an animation yeah or not? <laughs> just immerse the viewer the view the viewer I didn't mean <laughs> yeah. immerse the viewer um into the the story and the project rather than caring about those those type of things yeah Exactly. I mean, Spider-Verse is a great example. Like, it, it seems like there's no rules at all visually because it's all different styles and like yeah. some some worlds look like this and some worlds look like that. It's so free but also contained at the same time. Yeah, it's controlled chaos. <laughs> yeah. Like you can tell like the story is still like the center and it just so happens that it's, you know, also got some beautiful visuals to go with it, which, which helps. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, mocap, what was that like? you know coming from industrial visualization and not having characters at all and where did you start like if i need characters and we're going to get them in there i guess well well that's the that was one of the kind of we love mixama by the way yeah yeah the 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 stumbling block at, at the start was was very much like okay well i don't really for for a personal project that i'm just doing for a bit of fun don't really want to go out and buy a you know like a a motion capture suit or anything like that so it's i suppose it's kind of like a fake it till you make it mentality or it's like how much can i get away with with canned animation or uh with mixamo stuff and you know if i hide it enough if i don't show the characters faces then i can still like make something that's kind of compelling and i sometimes I, i like that challenge as well where i like being kind of put in a box with some sort of restrictions and then I have to like creatively figure out a way around it rather than having all the tools at my disposal and a blank canvas. It's like, I, I like working to like a brief and maybe that's because I'm used to working for product, you know, doing uh, product visualization for, for clients where it, a lot of the time the brief is very rigid and it's like, okay, well, how can I add my own sort of flair into that? Or how can I implement, you know, little things that they haven't asked for? So yeah, having that kind of part where it's like right okay well we can't we need to have an animation which changes frequently because these animations aren't really going to hold up if i get too close uh, i can't look at the faces too close because i'm not going to animate the faces and and until sort of the b-roll because that was when i kind of got a bit more comfortable with it and that's when i used the face i, oh, I can't remember what it's called now the face cap yeah, like the the Unreal Engine one, um, just using your phone before. Oh yeah, before the the MetaHuman animator uh, came out. Um, so yeah, I just used that and then went in to um, f- for that kind of B section 
and just cleaned up some of the the keyframes because it was a bit un- well it still is a bit uncanny valley if you know if i'm being honest but uh it, it was worse <laughs> you've done obviously blender tutorials and are you still doing tutorials and now that you've dipped into the world of unreal engine are you going to be doing any shane spence unreal engine <laughs> tutorials um i'm never say never but i think not until i feel like i've got something to show <laughs> i think the thing is I, i'm always learning myself and i don't think i'm at the stage where well, i i really don't think i'm at the stage with unreal yet where i'm where i'm teaching people or where i could be teaching people unless it's like a specific thing that i think like this is a problem that i've had i'm just going right. to share it because it might help you that's that's what we, we spoke to um one of our previous guests, Jay, Jay Salina, who's an amazing Unreal Engine artist. That's yeah. how he started with his YouTube channel. Like when he would come up with uh, any issues and problems, he would just record himself creating a tutorial just for himself. Yeah. So he could go back and watch his own tutorials of how I overcame that yeah. problem or issue. And then now it's people go to him because yeah. they're facing those problems yeah. as well. well, well so. I think that is the thing as well where uh, that's why I say never say never because... I don't necessarily think you need to be like William Fosher to to make. Uh, William, did you use the fog from William Fosher? Will Fosher yeah, right? yeah, actually, yeah. It's so easy fog. Shout, shout, to, shout Will. out to him. Yeah, he's he's legend. He's, he's the the unreal goat, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the um, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have his his breadth of knowledge and uh, and experience to to be able to help someone because yeah, definitely, someone might be having the the same issue as you and you just managed to find one workaround like and i think if people were too afraid to share even if they don't think they're like an expert in it then youtube wouldn't be as powerful as it is because that's that's made up of of you know pretty much self-taught people who aren't definitely and that's that's kind of what's what makes it so good for people to learn from is because it's just people like you who are doing the same stupid stuff that you're doing and not Absolutely. knowing why it works until they find a, a solution. So, so yeah, I mean, never, never say never. I think the, my, my, my focus is more on creating new content and learning new, new tools now, rather than sort of, uh, like teaching, uh, stuff like, like tutorials. Um, I'm looking at sort of trying out a few new, few new programs kind of, um, have you heard of plasticity no it's a, it's a cad um nerves modeling program um which looks really nice to use for like hard surface modeling things so it's it's a, another one of those gaps in my workflow where i haven't touched cad in like a year probably <laughs> so to for something like hard surface it, it could be quite cool to go back into that and model something like a I don't know, like a robot that I can sure. put, put in the back of one of my scenes that, in some sort of apocalyptic thing or or make some sort of cool sci-fi looking bunker or something like. I, I don't know yet because, I, as I said, I kind of want to focus. Is that a teaser for your next cinematic, <laughs> Shane? Have you dropped, have you dropped, dropped this exclusive? Oh, no. Just to, to wrap up, Shane, on something that you, you touched earlier on, which we like to talk about briefly on these episodes, is you know, the work-life balance. <laughs> How do you, you know, handle it and what do you do to sort of separate and balance professional life, full-time job and then evening and personal projects? Yeah, like, it is a tricky one sometimes because I am where I am because of the stuff that I've done in my spare time. So it is 
it is hard to turn that off genuinely. And sometimes I do struggle to actually maintain that balance where even if I am actually balancing it by just chilling out, I'm still thinking about that I should be doing stuff. But I think it's just about having like a, a clear separation from, from your work. So taking yourself out somewhere, like actually doing something with your time that's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be work focused. It doesn't have to be productive, but like even things like, I don't know, like exercise you know where where it's it's good for you like i play uh, sort of football um for a saturday league team and like well we're resting at the moment pre-season starts soon which i'm not looking forward to but you know that's that's sort of two days out in the week where i'm getting out of the house and um which is in, in particularly important for me now that i work from home and essentially a freelancer so it's i, I don't have that kind of um that that escape where you know i'm I'm in one room when I go to bed and then I go across to the, the other room and I set my computer and and then when I finish on that, I come into the, back into this room and I sit down at this computer and start working in person and stuff. So, so yeah, I think like try and have some hobbies, which, um, which are still kind of semi-productive, whether that's exercise or reading or even watching movies, you know, like yeah. if you're, I guess if you're studying it, but at, at, at the end of the day, I think it's just, um, yeah just just having something that, that separates you completely from from the actual work and uh but but the, the the mental side of it you obviously you can switch off physically and mentally you don't ever play uh football and run it down the pitch and look at the grass and go <laughs> how would i simulate that in yeah. that particle grass what scattering they used to that it's a difficult one to switch off sometimes isn't it yeah well definitely and i mean i think even just in my answer there i didn't even really answer you properly because like i'm i i'm still working on that myself where my maybe the balance isn't as good because i i probably do think about what i'm working on too much but it's because i enjoy it and yeah it doesn't feel like work so it, it can be hard but it is important get outside do some exercise you know a great piece of advice yeah then not think about um particle um dust atmosphere while <laughs> yeah, you're in a... yeah yeah no that's great shane thank you that's been a really informative chat actually shane and and I'm I'm really glad you've spent some time with us. Yeah, and thanks, thanks for having me on. It's uh, f- first time I've done a podcast. So sorry if it, oh, is it? Like, if I've rambled a bit. Yeah. <laughs> hey Shane, no, that was brilliant. It was a really good insight, actually, uh, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, because I, I listened to um listened to a couple of the episodes. It's bad that I, I can't remember his name, but the guy who did the cats in Blender with the geometry nodes. Oh, Will Anderson, what a legend! Shout out to Will. I'd seen that cat on like Greg the my Cat explore page or something, and that cat's slowly taking over the world. You know, <laughs> yeah. he, he he really is. Greg the Cat is going to be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, soon. he'll have his own Instagram. Uh, Re- it, he it, really will, okay. and he'll be he'll be doing he'll be doing live streams and all sorts. Greg yeah. the Cat, I imagine product deals. <laughs> yeah, man. He's uh, he's going to take over the world, but um, yeah, great episode, the Will Anderson uh, episode. If you've not seen it yet, definitely give that a watch. I just want to say thanks, and but hopefully we'll join again to get that post-apocalyptic robot <laughs> yeah. teaser for the next cinematic uh, that you've just you've yeah, just dropped. Maybe I shouldn't have opened my mouth because now I, <laughs> now I feel like I've I verbally tied myself into that now. Yeah. That's what the viewers are waiting for now, Shane. Yeah. You better get busy. <laughs> no, thanks, Shane. It's been great. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Shane, have a great weekend. I'm going to get out of this boiling hot room now because I've run out of water and I'm literally sweating. Yeah. Um, But yeah, enjoy your weekend, man, and we'll catch you up soon. All right. Thanks very much. Take care, man. We'll speak soon. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
Remember to check out our other episodes available or check out the podcast in video form on our YouTube. Please drop us a rating and review. See you next time. The VFX Process, getting intimate with your industry. Brought to you by Big Two Studios. Thank you.